Okay, what would you like? Uh, sir, I actually, I don't have a hot dog, but what I can tell you what we do have is, we call it the Ted, it's the everything dog. It's like a hot dog, but better. What, what makes it better? Okay, what makes it better, first of all, Coca-Cola infused barbecue sauce. You like barbecue sauce, right? Yeah. Coca-Cola infused. That means like there's Coca-Cola in the sauce. Well, that's convenient. Yeah. So you can get a little bit of, you can drink it, I think. Also, you can put a little bit of popcorn on it, tortilla chips, and uh, beer cheese, jalapenos, and it's on a pretzel bun. on oh, a pretzel bun. No, you know what? I don't think I'm in the mood for a hot dog. How about you? You got like a slice of pizza? Well, we don't have pizza per se, but what I can do for you is I can take two gigantic pizzas, like small size pizzas, you know, like personal pizzas. And then in the middle, we take a gigantic burger with cheese. And then uh, you can kind of conveniently, I would think, put that in your mouth and eat it. Like, like pick it up like a, like a burger, but it's also a pizza. It's a pizza burger. Huh. That's not quite what I'm looking for. What, what else do you got? Well, uh, I mean, do you love... So you're not interested in that Coca-Cola barbecue? Well, I got something right here for you, buddy. You like Monster Energy drinks? I mean, who doesn't, right? Sure. Monster Energy infused barbecue sauce for a little pow. And that, uh, that, that's, that's pretty good. And we call it the Punisher. Does that sound good? Why is it punishing me? Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of grease, uh, some heavy saturated fat, and just, I mean, just the monster in general, it'll, it'll hurt you. Duh, this is, this is Turner Field. We're known for our seafood here at Turner Field, a.k.a. the Ted. Would you like a roll, like a, a little roll with some shrimp, maybe some, what was that, cream cheese, sour cream maybe, and some tomatoes on top? Is that fresh caught shrimp? We catch it fresh daily here at the, at the Ted. Okay, I'll go for that. That'll be $31. If you want to go over to the next booth, that's our loan department. Oh, thanks. You're listening to Grissom on the Run, the Atlanta Braves from a fan's perspective. So we finally made it here to opening day. Long spring training is finally over, and, and, and it's opening day. I'm excited. If, if you're listening to this uh, when it's released, probably on a Sunday night, maybe Monday morning, um, who knows what happened? Maybe uh, someone got injured, the Braves traded someone. I don't know. But what I do know going into opening day is that this roster looks a lot better than last year's, the, the team that lost 90 two games, I think it was, or whatever. Um, it, 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 it's completely different. And I think what I, the only thing I remember that I talked about last month was that um, it looked like the Braves were inviting a bunch of guys to spring training, at least for, off, uh, for offensive purpose. The guys that they invited to spring training all kind of played multiple positions. You know, you had uh, Bonifacio who was playing, uh, he could play pretty much every position uh, adequately or less than adequately. 
uh, Gordon Beckham, you know, he could play second, short, uh, third. And in spring training, um, you saw Freddie move a lot of guys around. Frank Hoover is playing center field. Uh, Jace Peterson was playing in the outfield. He was playing third base. And according to Chipper Jones, looked like he looked pretty good at the hot corner. Um, so I think that's what the the whole their their offense was going for this year is guys that can play multiple positions because um, Freddie really wants to play the hot hand and whoever is hitting well is going to be in the lineup and it's it's I think it's a really fascinating thing to see because there's other than other than Freddie I really think that there's not a uh, prototypical anyone in, in the lineup. Like, Inder Inciarte, he, he gets on base at a decent uh, clip, and he can steal some bags, so I guess he's your your um, your top-of-the-lineup guy. But then, who's who's in the who's in the two-hole? Is it Eric Ibar? Well, his on-base percentage isn't that, wasn't that much better than Angleton Simmons. So, um, he, he can handle the bat well, but not he's not consistent on like he's not consistently on base enough to be a number two hitter. So then, do we go back to what we did last year, where we had Marquez in the two hole or even sometimes leading off, and you know that's fine if, if Nciarte is on base enough and and Marquez is on base enough, then you got Freddie in the three. I think um, I think that's where um, Freddie Gonzalez wants. Freddie Freeman to be is in, in the three hole. I don't I don't know if they want to move him up to the two or to the four because then there's no one with the contact and power combo to really be in front of Freddie. So um, it looks like I think you could do Inciarte one, Marquez two, and then Freeman in the three hole, and then. I think just based on the way he was hitting this spring, I really think Hector Oliveira would be a nice four, um, kind of backing up Freeman. I know he didn't hit as many home runs as uh, we would have liked him to hit, but he was on base a lot. And and if Oliveira can just get doubles and triples, and then I mean not triples, but if he could get doubles and extra base hits and knock in 15, 20 home runs, that's a nice guy. Um, at a consistent pace, that's a nice guy behind Freddie um, to where Freddie will see even better pitches. And if you have those four guys at the top and then in the five hole, you can have uh, Adonis Garcia or, um, or Pierzynski or whoever else you want. Um, after that, I think then it's all just kind of plug and play. But I think our first four guys and getting them comfortable in getting that part of the lineup set is pretty important um, because then I think like someone I really think like someone like Jace Peterson could be your number eight hitter because I remember hearing him talk about how he wanted to uh, he kind of wanted to do everything he wanted to get on base a little bit more and he wanted to steal some bags more so if you have someone that's looking to run right in front of the pitcher that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing because either the pitcher's going to sack sack him over, or or if um, they're in an opportunity where you know there's one out 
and the pitcher's up and P- Peterson's on first or second or something like that, he, we have you have the the luxury because you only have one out to have the the pitcher swing away depending on who it is. Um, so I I think something like having a, a good hitter down in the eighth spot would be better than if you just stuck Eric Ibar there or um, you know or if Tyler Tyler Flowers is catching that day you put him down there. It, it you don't want to um, you you want some sort of consistency in your lineup. And um, even though we don't have these these sexy names like a Detroit Tigers lineup or the Toronto Blue Jays lineup, I think um, we have guys that are on base enough and can handle the bat well enough. It's kind of a theme of like last year, of what they were looking for last year, just guys that can get on base. But now... I think if Garcia, Adonis Garcia, keeps his home run pace, um, then that's really nice because that that he had last year. I mean, I think he would have hit like 10 home runs in 80 games or something like that. Uh, if, uh, Garcia can be a 15 to 20 home run guy, and you have Oliveira doing the same thing and Freddie Freeman doing the same thing. And Marquez looks like his power is getting, coming back a little bit, so if he can be another 10 home run guy, that's like uh, that's some decent pop in your lineup it's it's not anything crazy nothing intimidating but um i think it makes us more competitive and that that that's something i think after the injuries we had last year especially with like Grilly going down freddie um with his wrist issues that kind of like took out the momentum of the lineup because there was a time a point in time last year where we were like 42 and 42 i want to say um and we were four or five games out of first with uh, i think we we're fighting with like the mets at the time and um before all these kind of injuries and stuff like that happened so i think if if, if freddie is healthy and um if freddie's healthy and this, this lineup is a little more consistent um, they're going to be a lot more competitive. And, and I think from an offensive standpoint, we really need to um, give our, our pitchers, because we have such young pitchers now, um, at least going into the, the, this first week of the season, you know, our, our, um, our starting rotation is only four guys deep, I think, until, what, April 12th, when we're actually going to need a fifth starter. So it's, it's Tehran. It's Bud Norris, uh, Whistler, and then Williams Perez. And, you know, Bud Norris is the veteran on the team uh, experience-wise, but Tehran is the oldest brave on the team. You know, this is going to be his third year starting opening day. And and it's, it's, it's a really scary thing to have these young guys um, kind of develop and they're really going to need that offensive support to kind of keep them, uh, you know, keep their, sorry, uh, <laughs> they're going to need an offensive support to kind of keep them not feeling pressured to always have to be perfect, to have to nibble, to hit their spots, to ramp up their velocity and things like that. So, um it's just the offense to me is the 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 craziest thing because okay now we have uh 
a guy like Frank Cooler, who is a, uh, I think, you know, we're, we're happy Frenchie kind of resurrected his career in Philadelphia. I mean, ugh, of all places, Philadelphia. But, um, you know, he kind of resurrected his, here, his career. And he is accepting the fact that he is now a power, a power bat off the bench. He's a reserve guy. And, um, and that's a really nice luxury for us to have is our, our fourth outfielder is a guy that has plenty of experience and now understands his, uh, his role on the team. And he can fill in um, de- depending on matchups. It's, it's actually kind of nice. Um, from everything that I saw and read, like Oliveira is not that much of a defensive liability in left field. He's, he's solid. I mean, as much as you can have a left fielder be, um, I mean, guy that's never played left field be, um, I mean, he's, he's not going to be, I mean, he's, he's already proven to be better than Hanley Ramirez, you know, in, in left field. So that's, that's a plus. And, um, so you can have, if you have Frank in, you can move uh, Frank Corrin, you can have him play left field to kind of spell Oliveira late in games or something like that, um, you know, because Frenchie has the the arm and the range, obviously, to play left or um, the other corner outfield spot. So that's that's something nice to have, and, and these young pitchers are going to have two good catchers, you know, that know how to call games, and uh, they're going to help them out when times get tough. Um, Ibar is still, uh, he's, he's not Andrew, Andrelton Simmons, but he's a good shortstop. Um, Jace Peterson was, was a very good um, second baseman last year, and then now we have a better center fielder. So that's, um, you know, you're up, up the middle, that's really good for these pitchers to kind of not have to worry about things. Guys can continue to make plays out there on the field. Our, our starting pitchers are going to be nice going into um, going into the season. Um, it's it's the uh, it's the bullpen that I I don't even know what to make sense of. I can't wait to see if it's Grilly or if it's Vizcaino that closes out the game, or if Freddie wants to just you know play it play it day by day and just situation by situation. Okay, you know uh, Grilly pitched two days in a row. Let's put in Jim Johnson in this situation if they need a ground ball out or something like that, and, and he's closing out the game. It's um, it's kind of scary in a sense, I guess you would say. It's a little bit scary that um, our, our bullpen only has one left-hander, and as much as I think any fan loves Eric O'Flaherty um, from his previous time with, with the club, what do we what do we know to expect from him? Because he was good one year when he came back with Oakland, and then he was terrible, and then um, I didn't really get to see much of him when he was with Pittsburgh. So that's weird to not not really know what to expect from a lot of your guys. Um, you know, it, I, it's pretty crazy that Alexi Ogando made the club after he, I, you know people just kind of forgot all, forgot about him. He was you know off almost off the face of the earth. Um, but he, he made the club and he, uh, he pitched well in spring and I guess they're, they're going off of a lot of spring performances. Um, because John Gant was like, you know, we, we traded what, uh, traded him to, or traded for him from the Mets last year. 
and he's been he was consistent all spring and i think it was only what maybe the last couple of weeks or so that he, he started to like gain momentum and people were starting to talk about him and you you read about him and everyone was starting to take notice that um john gant i thought based on the way everyone was talking about him that maybe he would be our fifth starter because it looks like um they want to give Fulty a little bit more time they want to give banuelos a little more time um and they don't want to quite bring up anyone else yet. Like, uh, I know Freddie Gonzalez said that uh, Aaron Blair was like, you know, uh, an injury away from being called up. So they they don't want to use their, their young guys yet unless they have to, which to me is a really interesting thing because, you know, uh, John Hart and Coppolella last year and, and this year said that we are, you know, we're, we're re, we are rebuilding, but we're still going to be competitive. And I think having, bringing in these veteran guys on the offense and on defense, I mean, not on offense, and then, you know, in, from, from a pitching standpoint, I think that really does show that they, they still want to be competitive because if, if they didn't want to be competitive and they really didn't care about time clock or anything like that, they would just bring up all the guys that are close now. You'd, you'd probably see Dansby Swanson. You'd see uh, Aaron Blair and Sean Newcomb, Tyrell Jenkins. You would see these guys um, on a roster, on our on our opening day roster. But the fact that that they're not, I think, shows that they are committed to being a better team this year. Um, especially, it'd be a nice thing to have a competitive ball club in the, the last year at Turner Field. You know, give give everyone there a reason to go to the to the to the ballpark. You know, um, so they they open against Washington, which this opening schedule is weird. The fact that we play Monday, then we have Tuesday off, we play Wednesday, and then we have Thursday off again. It it I don't know. It's a weird thing to start the season off like like i feel like it's gonna kind of mess with guys's momentum and like they're not gonna be able to get in a a good groove i think the following week when we have that four game series against the nationals and the three game series against the marlins that's where guys are okay we're playing every day and they'll they'll kind of be able to get their mindsets right and and everything like timing whether you're a hitter or pitcher all that little stuff um the the opening day game is Tehran versus Scherzer which i think is that's that's a nice really nice matchup um especially if Tehran pitches the way that he was pitching in the second or not the second half i think he did like what the last 3 months of the season Tehran pretty much pitched like the Tehran of old um and the, this Nationals team, that, that they can be a little scary if guys like Anthony Rendon and Jason Worth are actually healthy. Their lineup is really nice. Um, the fact that they were able to send Trey Turner back to the minors and have Danny Espinosa in their, in their shortstop um, shows that, you know, they have, uh, they have a good lineup and that they don't need this, this uh, top prospect to come in right away. They can kind of wait on and see what goes on with their lineup. And their pitching's still good. 
it's not it's not um it's not like the Mets pitching, but the Nationals pitching is still still good. Because in game two you have Strasburg against Bud Norris. So there's Scherzer and Strasburg. There's two aces right there. That two game series, that's that's a nice little one too. It's just weird that we're opening this season with the two game series as opposed to a three game. Um, not quite sure why they want to do that, but yeah, it's just random thoughts. Eh, that's fine for right now. Um, that's that's the one in August, right? Yeah, they play the the Padres like the second week in August, and then they play the Giants like in San Francisco at the end of August. So I I'm going to two games in San Diego and I'm trying to go to like two in San Fran. Those will be like I may go to one when they play the Dodgers, but I don't like going. It's it's not a safe environment. Like I'm loud. I don't say anything bad about like the Dodgers, but um I'm loud and I like to cheer on my team and I think that really puts people off especially because like you know a lot of people not a lot i would say 40 percent of the people that go to a ball game are probably not there for the baseball game they're just there because someone they know had like tickets or they're not that much of a, a fan it's just more like okay hey this is something to do it's like going to the movies or whatever you know it's like yeah okay i'll go with you i'll watch this and so then there's this loud, obnoxious guy going, hey, come on, man, yeah, all right, woo! You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I've been kicked out of Dodger Stadium just for cheering for my team. Really? Yeah. There was, I, was, I was 19, and um, I was just cheering, and like about seven rows behind me, all of a sudden I just get hit with like a half water bottle, you know, a half filled water bottle. I get hit like in my shoulder and I, and I look, I turn around, I look and there's like the, you know, they, they, they make the face like, Oh, I didn't do, I didn't, I don't, I didn't see anything. I didn't do anything. And it's like, okay, all right, whatever. And, and then I start getting like peanut shells thrown at me and just, Oh shit, sit down, brave suck, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I was 19, so I picked that water bottle right back up, and I chucked it, and it, like, hit uh, an empty seat and, like, ricocheted off the seat and then, like, went over their head. But, like, as I was, as I had done that, um, they're, like, you know, the, the ushers, one of them was walking up and down the aisle, and I was like, okay, you're out of here. Cool. So, I don't mind. I, I like Dodger Stadium, but when they're not playing the Braves, because... It's still, even though it's like it's an older ballpark and it's kind of dumpy, um, it's it's still Dodger Stadium, and you get to see National League Baseball, which is better than American League Baseball. Uh, it's not my opinion; that's just fact. I'm pretty sure if you look it up in the dictionary, it just says National League equals better. Yeah, I just uh, I just looked it up right now. I always have a dictionary on hand. Yeah. And yeah. And and see, it's not an urban dictionary. It's just a, it's uh, Oxford. This is, this is OED. Oh, OED. Woo. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> what was I gonna say? I don't know. Oh, uh, I think it'd be kind of cool. Like if you, you could even do it like on your phone, maybe, or I think that you buy a small recording device to try and record something when you're actually 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I could do something like that. Like just to drop into an episode. You don't have to do like a full episode of the game. That would be crazy, but That would actually be pretty neat. <laughs> I I was listening to um I was listening to I want to say it was like Fangraphs audio or another just another um I think it's maybe a fantasy baseball podcast, but they were talking about fa- No, it was Jonah Carey. Oh god. This is t- two episodes in a row Jonah Carey's making an appearance, but I think it was when he was still on Grantland. Um, he was recording R.I.P. Grantland forever. Long live the, what's he called his new thing? The Ringer? Yeah. I, I, I like it. Um, but Jonah Carey, like he recorded a podcast at a Dodger game. So I, I don't know if he just like had his phone sitting between him and, uh, I forgot who the guest was, but like just, and the audio was fine, but it was cool because you'd hear like sounds from the ballpark. Um, and I was like, that's actually a really neat backdrop to a show. Yeah. Um, it's like on, on, um, on MLB TV, like it's the, it's like their streaming service, like their Netflix, but for, you can get all the baseball games. One of the options you can have, like you can have the, the home teams broadcast or the away teams broadcast, or, um, you can just do ballpark sounds. And because there are so many mics at all different points of the ballpark, you kind of sound like you're there. And occasion, occasionally, like, I like to kind of watch it like that. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. That's really cool. You'll hear the umpire go, strike, you know? And, like, it was funny. Um, all the spring training games um, were on radio. And those ballparks are really small. Like, they see, you know, a thousand people. So they're very, very small. And it's very intimate. And... You can hear uh, people talking, you know, the, the people in the last row right before the announcer's booth. Yeah. You can hear what they're talking about. And it's funny because, like, the announcers would be like, the, <laughs> I think that there was, like, one lady that just wouldn't stop laughing for, like, like three or four innings in a row. And they were like, yep, I guess they're tickling her. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool, too, because you can hear, like, beer here. Oh, that was almost a home run. Time for a beer. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they're like they're there, and you hear you'll hear like the the dribbling and the squeaking of the shoes and the like. I always think it's funny when like the players like they're they're usually in a corner where they record. Like they just set up a table in a corner, and so when the game gets close to them, they go, "Oh, they're very close now. They're extremely close. They could probably hear us talking about them right now. Oh, the ball is very close to us now. <laughs> they get all freaked out." It's not impossible for the ball to hit them at some point, but it's also funny to hear them. Yeah. Oh, they're over here. They're very close to us. These guys are, are no, it's the ladies, right? These ladies are running really fast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> when the ball, like, someone will throw the, the ball all the way over in their direction. Oh, that almost hit us. <laughs> very scary. Just like, uh... All right. This is all going to go in the podcast, by the way. I like that. That's one thing I also wanted to do is just it doesn't have to be like what's going on with the team, more just kind of like stuff about being a fan. Like, you know, go into a game and what is that like from a fan's perspective? Um, Although I still have yet to make it to uh, Mecca. But I told, I told, uh, I told Michelle, I was like, the new ballpark, because their new ballpark is opening next year. I was like, we're going. I don't care. If I have to pay for like the cheapest seat, and that that cheapest seat is fifty dollars, 
we are making it from California to Atlanta to see that because like my brother got to go um, the last year that they um, they won their division. Um, he was there when they were raising up, putting up the banner for for that game, and and Nick got to go the last game from uh, for Bobby Cox. Like he's like kind of a legendary manager. His last game before he retired, Nick got to go to that too. Like I'm so jealous of them. The fact that like you know they were able to make it all the way from California to Atlanta to to see all that, and I haven't yet. And so I. Yeah, I'm like, I'm stop making excuses for myself. Just, just do it. That's a good vacation. I need it. Um, talk about like fans and like seeing the last game of whatever. Like, uh, for some reason, Facebook has that side bar that tells you what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're really dumb, or sometimes like they don't apply it. I don't, I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't know what the celebrity is. But this one, and I knew who it was specifically because of uh, Brendo and his love of wrestling and how he and, and sometimes you and Benson would talk wrestling. There was this wrestler, uh, Sting. Mm-hmm. The Stinger. Which I, He's big in Georgia. I never forget because of the good gag that he is actually Sting, of the singer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he announced that he would be switching from whatever league to whatever league. I don't know how yeah, he was switching from TNA to WWE. And he announced it at San Diego Comic Con at this toy panel that Brendo happened to be at. That's pretty sweet. And he was super like stoked that he was there for that announcement, and that that announcement happened so out of the blue. Yeah, and like that that was a that's a huge thing because, um, you know, it, like in wrestling. It's common for at least back in the day for like one one guy from to go from one federation to the next, you know, and just whatever, almost like a mercenary status. Yeah. But Sting had never ever been in the WWE. He was always with WCW for the longest time. And when the WWE bought WCW, um, Sting didn't join them. He went to TNA, which was like an upstart at the time, an upstart promotion, and he was like the face of that for a, a while. And then finally, you know, that, that's a huge thing. But he's like 55. Yeah, he's retired. Yeah, it's so crazy that, like, these guys are still doing this stuff. Yeah. I, just, I was like, thank you, Facebook, for telling me the Sting's retiring. The Stinger, no more. So that's that's all I have for you on this episode. I'm just more than anything just really excited, and I wanted to get uh, a podcast out because I didn't scheduling wise I wasn't able to to do one um, for the month of March, um, and I didn't really have anything planned for this one. So if it was sporadic and uh, very incoherent, uh, it, it was by <laughs> by uh, I guess by design, but not not on purpose. So if you listen to this and you were confused and 
like maybe having a seizure because of it. I don't. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, but thank you very much for listening. Um, I will more than likely in a couple weeks I'll be back with uh, another episode. I might even have a guest, um, someone that uh, knows more about this ball club than I do, which is nice to talk to uh, him about. But uh, yeah, just very excited for the season to uh, start and to see how this, um, how everything that John Hart and Coppola and Schultz, um, I, I, it's weird. I want to refer to them as the Johns because they all start with John, but that just sounds weird. I like even for me, someone that like this is a amateur podcast, not a not a professional outlet in any capacity. I can't refer to anyone as the Johns. That no, that sounds really bad. So uh, J Cube, no, but that sounds like a terrible like pop group, you know. And we're not in the late '90s, so uh, Schulholtz, Capolella, and uh, Hart. It's they've been building this for a couple years now, and it's just really exciting to see where do, where do we go? Are are we good? Or is it like Major League? Oh, they suck again, you know? Or, uh, or I'm just really excited to see how we go. And so thank you very much for listening. Um, you can catch past episodes, all two of them. That's at uh, uh, benviewnetwork.com slash G-O-T-R. I screwed up last episode and I said, uh, or no, no, it's dear God. Let me get this right. I'm a professional. Not at all. It's BenviewNetwork.com slash Grissom. It's not G-O-T-R because I said that I was smart for knowing that G-O-T-R stand, st- stood for Grissom on the run. That's wrong. It's BenviewNetwork.com slash Grissom. That's where the old episodes are, all two of them, where uh, you can also get like a direct download link. You can also find other fantastic podcasts on the Benview Network there. They've got Midnight Marinara, which is kind of like a, uh, they do, how would I describe it? So they kind of do like, like old stories and they do like voices for them. Like they, they act out old stories over a podcast. It's really cool. Um, there's also Nerd's Eye View, which is kind of a, a, a movie entertainment based uh, podcast. It's, it's kind of nice. Occasionally I'm on there. They're nice enough to have me. Um, yeah, BenviewNetwork.com. That's where you can find all those podcasts, including this one, Grissom on the Run. And you can tweet at me. I'm at Grissom on the Run on Twitter. Um, I'm in the Reddit, uh, the Brave subreddit uh, as Grissom on the Run. If you want to email me and tell me how terrible I was in this episode. I said a lot of dumb things. I, I don't even think I was actually talking about the Braves. I think I was talking about some other team. Maybe I was talking about, like, Tokyo Baseball. I don't know. That is uh, the email address for that is uh, grissomontherun at gmail.com. Yeah, thanks to uh, Tommy Esposito for my logo. You can find his artwork and, and other graphic design stuff at espositostudios.com. And thanks to my buddy Danny for this, our intro music. You can't find him anywhere. Sorry, he's he's not one of those people that wants to uh, be no no no. Uh, I was gonna say notarized, like I'm watching the league. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Um. Yeah. This podcast is over. Thank you. And uh, as always, I'm here to chop.